Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me for this episode are my friends and colleagues, Nick Martin and Tim Kalinowski. back after a maintenance day yesterday. Uh, we're ready. We're still glistening with the holiday spirit. We're getting ready for 2024. Uh, but before we get there, our last episode of 2023, and we'll start it off with a juicy one between the Habs and Canes, Montreal plus 202 on the road, Carolina welcoming them as a minus 250 favorite and a total here, six and a half. The homework you got to do here is that the, the Hurricanes have um, recalled Aunt, Auntie Ranta from his glorified conditioning stint, I think you could say. Um <laughs> He didn't play all that well in the AHL, but I'm, you know, he's just not been good this season, anyways. So I, I don't really think it depresses my opinion on him anymore if he goes. Um, they're in Nashville on Wednesday night. The Hurricanes are, so the Habs will be in Raleigh waiting for him. I actually think that we, you know, Nick and I talked yesterday's show uh, about how we like the Canes in Nashville, but I'm gonna flip the other way here. I think the schedule spot, the way that the the Canadians want to play and, and the Hurricanes goaltending issues make them pretty vulnerable when they get to this kind of price in this kind of spot, Nick. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that uh, I've made the case all along that I, I still think Carolina deserves to be viewed as a, a top team. But like you say, at this kind of a number versus a Montreal team that just continues to hang around and play scrappy, close contests with Ranta in, huge question mark right now, I think you'd be a little crazy to want to lay this with Carolina. I think you'd have all kinds of better spots to target a big favorite. I mean, even on this slate, we'll get there. But I think if you really want to lay some big juice, I have a lot more faith in the Oilers, even though they're a considerably bigger favorite. Just doesn't really make sense to me to lay it here with Carolina. You you know what Montreal wants to do. You know what they're capable of doing and the way they want to play. They're, they're going to own less of the play here, but they have the right avenues to Potentially a huge goaltending edge. We have no faith that Ranta is going to save any of the ones he's supposed to. So who knows? Maybe he'll bounce back. 
Um, but I, yeah, like this is just not it. If you're looking at a spot to back a favorite and yeah, I think all those question marks definitely give you enough value to take a shot with the canes and hope that things break your way. Probably won't be pretty, but, um, yeah, this number is just too long. First off, great to be back, fellas. I thought I would get a, a video tribute or something uh, after my little maintenance day there, but you know, it is what it is. Guess I'm getting the, the dubus treatment. Um, so what what makes me uh, a little nervous about this, and this will kind of be a, a theme throughout the show that I bring up, is um, the fact that Carolina will have a, a game under their belt by the time they play, and, and Montreal, um, you know, obviously not. So I, I really think it helps Carolina here to have a game under their belt. I was I was looking like I was hoping it would be the other way around, and I would take like uh, like the Habs to score first or something like that, some sort of uh, slower uh, – like, you know, if it was reversed. I, I think that the Habs are going to be off to a, a little slower start having not played, and I think it's, it, it bodes well for Carolina. So I don't I don't really have the stomach for Montreal as much as I, I like the the matchup in terms of the longer this goes, the more it plays into their hands and the more it makes them a, a, a live dog. But, um, you know, you can call me an idiot, fellas, if that's uh, that's the wrong way to think about it. I think it's fair. I yeah. just think you're still you have those same volatility question marks um with Carolina. So and I, I think this line will actually come down as people put it together. And then the other thing is Montreal has actually kind of started to perform a little better um in terms of their underlying results. So people who look at that a lot of the times, you know, the bigger money. I actually think they the Canadians are plus two fifteen at the time of recording. I actually wouldn't be surprised if that comes down. I think that so, I, I think it's still the Habs or not like one eighty. Well, I could see one eighty. Yeah, like that looks long, and Montreal's been competitive, and they just hang around and just try to not make big breakdowns, let their goaltenders do their thing. It also could be a sneaky. I mean, it feels like it's all. You always almost have to keep in mind with Carolina with how well they're playing and and the way the game scripts shake out. But it could be a decent spot to look at Montembeau to go over his save prop too. Ah, um, there it is. Could be another. Look, but you never know. Who knows? I mean, if it opens at 32 and a half, you have to pass. But if it's closer to like a normal line, 29 and a half, I think probably worth a shot. I wonder if, if Montreal's goaltending is kind is like the most overlooked thing in hockey betting uh, right now because it just continues to. It's not been two years or we're mid. It, it really has been. Year. <laughs> yeah, I know. And and last year was so huge too. I have a friend who's a huge Montreal homer. And we were actually arguing about this last year because he was kind of blaming it on the goalies. And I was just like, you are so out of touch. <laughs> if you think that's what's going wrong with this team, it's kind of the same this year. They've maybe defended a little better than some people think. I don't know. But yeah, the goaltenders have definitely been really sharp. Well, as much as we love to uh, talk about teams with porous goaltending, yeah, I guess we, we don't talk enough about, like, you know, I think just looking at this game and, why I you guys are talking me into Carolina a little more is just goaltending edge and two to one price. Like, well, on. and Rant has been the clear worst option. We talked about it for the Nashville game how Kochakov's stabilized. Like, he's probably hasn't stabilized the way his numbers show is what we were saying because I think Carolina's played really, really sharp in front of him. But he's at least saving the shots he's supposed to the last five, which you have no faith. I mean, maybe Ranta will do better. It was surprising he did this horrible this season, but. It still feels um, quite scary to back him at this kind of a number. Okay, uh, on to I guess what you'd call the headliner if you're a casual fan here, uh, and I say that because I've got no betting interest here in in Kings and Knights. Pretty close to uh, a coin flip 
according to the odds makers. Los Angeles, plus 105. Vegas, minus 125. Total of five and a half. Some some goaltending um, homework you got to do for this one. Uh, looks like David Riddick will, will get to start against San Jose on Wednesday night for the Kings. Who knows what's going to happen with the, the Vegas crease, uh, Tim. And, and is that part of why you are jumping in on, on the Kings? That's it right there. Um, the fact that they're, it looks like they're going to go with Riddick um, in night one of the back-to-back. And that means we get Talbot, who's been, you know, what, one of the best goalies in the league, one of the best surprises, or it may be a surprise, but he's played really well recently. So the fact that they're doing that, I think it's getting a bit overlooked in the market here. And, um, you know, I know home ice and stuff is baked into this, but I I probably would bet the Kings as a dog in a series against the Knights. And, you know, I would take in both teams playing in a back-to-back. Goaltending edge goes to the Kings. I also think the Kings have a better roster. So that's why I'd bite on the uh, the plus money here. Yeah, I fully agree. I think it's 100% Kings are past. They're playing better hockey there. I mean, if you're a home versus road guy, too, the Kings are 13-1-1 one one on the yeah. road, so clearly they don't care. One of those wins, they completely dismantled the Knights the last time, right? It was 4 nothing, and that game was not overly competitive. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I think with the goaltending edge factored in and, yeah, I think you that this game should be a pick em. I don't really see how it's not priced that way. So I think if you're getting better than plus 100 on uh, the Kings, pretty good. And then, yeah, Albert's been great. Um, he's benefiting from probably like the best defensive team play I think anyone's getting. So that's been a huge part of his turnaround, I think, and what's made it such a good fit. And also one of the points we always talk about in the Vesna race is you want to target these goalies on teams that defend well and are going to win a lot of games because that's where the Vesna winners come from. So, it's a little interesting to consider with, you know, the Vesna race still pretty wide open, but yeah, I, I, I really think you're on the right take here. I think it's Kings or pass for sure. Uh, Flyers in Vancouver up next, Philadelphia plus 134, Vancouver minus 162 and a total of six and a half. I think all three of us are in agreement. If you've been listening uh, to our show, you probably know where we're going here. Um, and once again, caveat with, we still think Vancouver is a good team. It's just <laughs> they the, the prices we're being dealt are maybe a little out of touch. And Philadelphia has been the best underdog in the NHL all season. So why, like, what, what would we be missing here if we didn't back, uh, Philadelphia in this kind of spot, which has basically been their bread and butter, uh, to, to this point, the season, like a, they're going up against a more talented team, a team that uh, will be fancied more than them, uh, and, and not just in terms of like betting people, but uh, you know, just casual pundits. Uh, and this is where they've made hay. So, kind of a, a set it and forget it play here on the Flyers, Nick. Yeah, I would go with uh, Philly or nothing. The one thing I will point out is the pumping Philly up this whole time. They kind of had like a more modest run of play when you look at it through a really soft schedule the last eight games or so. So that's the only thing here. But I still, especially coming out of the break too, it just feels like a pretty good number to take on a Flyers team that's just going to look to hang around and make this a coin flip type game. Uh, type game. And yeah, I, I think it's just Billy or pass here. I don't really have any interest in targeting the Canucks. And it does kind of feel like they're due for 
just falling off a little bit this last run. But that's the thing. They really do continue to answer the bell kind of every time people challenge that they've been a little lucky and so on. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of interest in this one, though. Yeah, I think the scary thing about Vancouver and as much as we've been like, you know, kind of waiting to buy a dip here, even though we do think they're a good team, you know, we think they're a good team, um, is that, you know, you can call it lucky, but they're winning a lot of different ways, right? And that's what that's what good teams do. I think of, you know, that that Boston team that went on the incredible run last year. They just, they won a million games in a million different ways. And that's what scares mm -hmm. you about Vancouver, whereas a lot feel like has to go right for, for Philly to win, which is, you know, basically kind of outwork a team, get good goaltending. We're, we're all flat. We all love this Flyers team. So I feel like the Flyers are kind of our Eastern conference uh, coyotes, even though that there might be too good to be in our <laughs> coyotes class, but how could we say that we're, we're Philly guys if we don't back them at this number? And that's, yeah, that's what I feel makes me a little stupid, but it's like, I think at the end of the year, we're going to, you know, look back at, at Philly and, and look at them being super profitable uh, team to bet on. It's like, well, these are spots you kind of kind of have to continue to buy. I feel like if you look, I think this is one of the interesting things about Vancouver, and I'll defend them here. If you look at the actual roster and the way a lot of guys are playing in their roles, this roster is really good. Like they're they're lining up. The third line has been unreal. Joshua's been great under the radar, and Carter Garland is just. I love watching him. He's just such a dog. And um, JT Miller, Peterson, pretty good one-two punch down the middle. I just, I look at this roster and I can see it. And even Zadarov Myers has been hanging in pretty well. I guess we got to give it to him. So it's one of those things, I guess, if you throw the the underlying results out the window too, and you think about how good their goaltender is as well, like I can see how this is a top team. So yeah, I it it, it is, they're just... I feel like they're the most talked about team and it's just really interesting. And then the other thing you look at the Canucks gap at the top of the league would be a lot wider if uh, they had the three point regulation win system in and they have the best goal differential. So like, I do think their, their underlying results on like a pretty standard level would show their due to, to finish at a less high rate and, and see more goals go in their net. But those are all pretty convincing factors that this is a pretty damn good team. So I think I'm kind of putting a little stock into this recent run from the Canucks and, and wondering how good they really are. It's not even all that close uh, in terms of goal differential uh, in the NHL uh, overall with Vancouver sitting at, at, at plus 46 and none of they haven't won a shootout. So none of that is uh, just the, the goal you get for winning the shootout too. So uh, the next Vancouver plus 46, LA 12 goals back at 34. Um, then Winnipeg is 27 interestingly uh it, this kind of tells you the the gap between the west the bottom of the west and the bottom of the east the, the top five teams in goal difference are uh all from the western conference okay uh we'll wrap up wednesday slate with oilers and sharks we will talk about um a pretty deep slate on friday as well and then give our thoughts on the winter classic since we won't uh be able to get together before then and lines have been out for quite a bit oilers uh First order business though is Oilers minus three hundred on the road, taking on the Sharks uh, plus two forty, a uh, six and a half total here. Uh, we're not going to run down the same path that we did the last time these two teams played, where we were trying to retire. Uh, but you know that was back when the Sharks were uh, looking 
like they could be historically bad and the Oilers were gripping their sticks tighter than I've ever seen a hockey team grip its sticks uh, amidst their 3-9-1 start. Uh, ends up with the Sharks winning that game. A revenge spot, Nick, as 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 a, a huge narrative better, the huge narrative better that you are. <laughs> backing Oilers minus one and a half here because of the revenge spot. They need to get back at these Sharks. Yeah, uh, no, that's not not my take here, but I'm looking at this and I'm thinking how is the price not just the same as night one of the back-to-back for the Sharks, which seems crazy to say. Obviously, you power rate the Kings above the Sharks, but with that said, if Skinner's going to play okay, like it's just hard to see how this falls apart for Edmonton. We've talked about it. They rank at the top of the league in any underlying statistic you look at, and private models all rank Edmonton even higher. That They're actually playing even at a better level than um, most people realize. And then you look at the talent on the team, they should be finishing more. And I, I just, I really think this is kind of a good spot to take the Oilers. I know it's a little scary laying it. Tim talked about teams coming out of uh, this holiday break. Um, with that said, you know how the top dogs on this Oilers team think. You know, McDavid and Drysaddle know where they're at in the standings, that they, they need to take advantage of this, unlike they did earlier in the year. So ultimately, I just think you can make them a slightly bigger favorite here. Without looking too much into the narratives, um, which is kind of rare. It's obviously really chalky, but I actually think Edmonton should be a slightly bigger favorite here um, than this number reflects, and that the square takes hopefully going to pan out being the right one because I just I think that's what the numbers show is that uh, Edmonton's not quite getting the full respect here, and I want to target them getting these these points in this kind of a spot right now. So. It's a little ugly. It seems crazy. The Oilers are still in 27th in the league, which is nuts. I think they're a little higher on points percentage. But, um, yeah, it's crazy that you can make that whole case and then look at it and they're sitting in 27th. But I, I think it's all valid. I think they can really... And then to look at the Sharks, kind of their point of view, we talked about it a little bit. They really have come back down to earth after that little push. They've They've not been good. The last stretch feels like they've just kind of a little... Uh, dead cat bounce they're on and they look horrible again so i, I think it's perfect a good time. time to buy nick perfect time yeah to buy. i know and it's funny because i'm sure we said a lot of similar things when it was the last oilers sharks game but i i still think it's right i am not playing the game because i i put the face paint away i do not want to do that again so that the face paint has been retired and which means i don't bet oilers sharks anymore even though mail it to me if uh yeah, yeah, seriously. Spoilers blow this ship. one. I'll do a show with it on. I'll uh, I'll just add that uh, the Oilers are twenty fourth uh, in points percentage, uh, Nick, and they are, I believe, top like right around sixteenth in in goal difference. So, uh, they will. I think they will catch up. Hot take. Yeah, I know. Catch up I think that, they, <laughs> that kind of stuff. that wild card spot is looking yeah, ripe for the picking still. There, there won't be value, really, I don't think. But we'll know right away in this game if, like, what it's going to look like. You know, that is it, true. You could, you could kind of, because it, it would be probably a reasonable narrative to see the Sharks kind of come out a little sharper after playing the night before, and then consider Edmonton getting getting into it after that. I think that could be probably an angle to get in. And even the that first game, which I think you would have, that was kind of clear, like um, 10 minutes in after we had pumped up all these oiler angles, we were like, oh, fuck, we're dumb. <laughs> it was just clear the way it was going to go. But 
they did then turn it on for the third and, and it ended up getting at least all the shot props there and really caved them in. So I think you could definitely see that kind of a narrative in this game. It could be probably a decent spot to consider a live bet on Edmonton as well. Oh, yeah. And I did realize in that I'm going to take um, Sharks to score first, actually. That's what I'm going to take. Uh, we'll have a little fun here. See if they can uh, have a little more jump on the back-to-back. So, eh, why not? Yeah, maybe a hat-trick bet on 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 dry sidle for for me. We'll see. Let's talk about Friday before the Winter Classic. I th- wanted to get this uh, slate in because it's 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 deep and and I think there's some some fun spots to target. Uh, one that Nick and I both are in agreement on: uh, the Panthers against the Rangers. I also like the Flyers. Uh, I'll let Nick talk about the Panthers, but I like the Flyers in Seattle. I think that we might get a little bit of a, a you know classic college football look ahead spot out of Seattle in that one um, as they get ready for the winter classic on Monday. Plus it's the flyers. So even if they're sleeping at the wheel, even just a little bit, uh, what team would you rather have um, on the other side of it than uh, Philadelphia, even on, uh, on the back-to-back. So those are the two I'll, I have. And I think that the back-to-back could give us a, a decent price on Philly in, in Seattle, I should say. Um, but uh, Rangers and Panthers was another one. We had circled both uh, as a spot to back Florida. Yeah, I think it's a really good spot to back Florida. I hate fading the Rangers because it's so damn annoying when you just run into like a really good Shesterkin performance or they just get caved in at 5-on-5 and win it on the special teams. But um, based off the look-ahead numbers we're seeing right now, I think we're going to have the price to bet Florida. I still think this team is really good. We talked about it ahead of the Lightning game. And people really got on them ahead of this Lightning game um, for what it's worth. That was... uh, we had someone reply saying how like it seems fishy that they're we're a slight dog and and now the price is I think where it was supposed to be all along. And I think that's just because of, you know, sharper people in the market right now still realize how good this Florida team is despite what's a little lull. And the Rangers have had a much more modest stretch of play at even strength. They're kind of looking more like that imbalanced Rangers team we're used to seeing. I don't think they're like a complete wagon above the rest of the league and Still prefer the build of Florida's uh, team a little more. So I think it looks like the prices are should be there. I'd play Florida down to about minus 150, I think, in this spot. Um, pending, you know, injuries coming out of their game tonight. But yeah, I think right around that is, is when you want to target Florida too. Yeah, and... I think... Oh, my bad. They both. No, go I ahead. Was just... I was just going to add that I think Florida is the best team in the Eastern Conference. So I'm going to bet them at a shorter price. Every single time. And I know we, we've we had a, some tough luck fading the Rangers, but like you said, Nick, you bet it up to 150. I feel, feel like it's going to open uh, shorter than that, and I'm going to bet that team. I, I love this Florida team so much. Yeah, and people talk about how this year they're kind of looking a little more winning games like Paul Maurice style lately, and they're kind of grinding it out. But if you look at the underlying results, they're still generating chances at, like an Oilers, like and then all the offensive pieces are still there. So, yeah, they're not scoring the way that we'd expect. They've had, you know, you're getting shut out by the Kraken and stuff. But that happens. That's just the ups and downs of, like, regular season hockey. And you look at the offensive talent that, are, that is still there and the way they're generating chances, I think that's going to turn around. I don't really think you want to downgrade them too much offensively. So I agree with you. I think there's a very legitimate case that this is the best team in the East right now. Um, Yeah, so I just looks like you're getting a good number uh okay anything else on on friday 
Uh, oh, you wanted to talk about, of course, the coyotes and, oh, and your yeah, caps. Yeah, yeah mm. there's two more. Okay, so just based off, uh, I think the Caps versus your Islanders, Mike. Uh, I don't think the Caps are that good. I also don't think the Islanders are that good. And the Caps are the, could be about plus 130 in this game, it looks like. If you can play them at better than plus 120, I would take them. This just it looks like a good time for me to target. Uh, I mean, there's a, probably even a better chance this game goes to overtime. And in that case, I'd love to have the Caps at plus 120. Um, all they want to do is hang around playing low-event hockey, letting their goaltenders thrive. They've they've defended really well. So I just think all that works towards the number here. And then same thing with the Coyotes. We haven't had many chances to bet them recently. And I am really interested to see how the Ducks look um, Wednesday night in another game with Zegras back and, and a healthier roster. But I think the price could be there. We we The Coyotes, one thing I feel like they've done quite well is claiming these points they're supposed to get. And it could be a decent time to buy low looking at what the prices should be. So I think if you can get the Coyotes at minus 130, I would play them as well. Okay. Winter Classic. Uh, Seattle Kraken hosting uh, the Vegas Golden Knights at, what do they call it now? It's not Safeco, Safeco Park in, in Seattle. Um, I think it's where, AT&T. AT&T. Or am I wrong? How many, how many baseball fields are named AT&T Ballpark these days? It's like Canada. <laughs> Well, the rinks are either oh, Rogers wrong. Place that doesn't or, look great. Uh, it's where the Mariners play. It's, it's a nice field. I've been there. Um, uh, being the Canadian M. I'm seeing uh, next year, I'm going to see Taylor Swift at the Rogers Center in Toronto. And I thought the Rogers Center was like seven different places before yeah. I like figured figured out where to buy my hotel. It like, goes to Vancouver. I was like, yeah. wait, where is this again? I forget where we're going. We got there's three of them, right? There's Rogers Place, Rogers Palace, and and Rogers Center. Um, then you got the Scotia Bank Arena, Scotia Bank Place in Halifax. Uh, it's crazy. Anyways, um, we'll put that conversation aside. Uh, and and focus on the betting for the Winter Classic. Seattle's a home underdog, plus 134. The Knights, minus 162, total of five and a half. A lot of people throw out trends. Uh, we've, we've had a bunch of these Winter Classics now. I think so much of it is matchup dependent. Like Because you'll serve up the, the first one ever, for example, that went to shootout. It was like 2-2, and uh, it, it was kind of a slog. A lot of that was just they didn't know what they were doing yet. And it was a yeah, snowstorm. Yeah, it was a snowstorm in Buffalo. The Nobody pens went. Yeah. yeah. Nobody knew what they were doing either. Like it just was. And then as you, it in a weird way, it's kind of just become more of a normal game. I think over the past few years, but I will say, I, I do think this game is a good bet to go past regulation. Um, because when you look at these two teams, as, as good as Vegas is, they aren't the type of behemoth to just, like like we saw out of Colorado a couple years ago where they'll just get their legs under them uh, against certain teams and run away. Like, that's just not who they are right now. And Seattle, we do like them to trend up even just a little bit. It just kind of comes down to the goaltending. Um, and the total's telling you that it's five and a half right now. We'll see where it, the juice is towards the over. We'll see where it ends up. I do think it might hang here because most people think Winter Classic bet the under. Um, yes. But even so, that's that's telling you that the bookmakers aren't expecting this thing to be 7-4, which is good for an overtime bet as well. Um, so that's what I'm going to be playing. I'll be playing uh, you know, the, this game to go past regulation. I think if I had to pick a side, I would choose Seattle. Um, but those are my thoughts here. Nick, anything on the Winter Classic? Yeah, I think that's a good handicap. I don't think the Winter Classic's ever a great time to uh, 
lay big bigger bets. Maybe the times that there's kind of been smash spots on the under, I guess, if like the ice is like actually unplayable, I think that's when it's a factor. Like you look at that, like the Caps Pens one when they postponed it three hours and everyone knew the ice was just complete mush and you, the game gets going and no one can even make a play. I think that's maybe when those under trends are a little more relevant, but I, I think the overtime bet is a fun way to get in on this. Seattle just sets up as such a like hang around team right now. And I think when you throw a little extra hype into the mix, you're a little, you know, you're more likely to see teams both come out quite prepared. Um, hopefully less mistakes, keeps the game a little tighter. So yeah, I think the overtime bet is a good, good punt, a good way to get some action on like what will be a standalone fun game. So, I think that's a good take. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'll be the um, sucker here. I'm going to go over the five and a half because I just think uh, I'm trying to go. I'm trying to zag on the. Oh, uh, these two teams are especially cracking low event team outdoors. Let's go under. I'm. I'm trying to go the other way and get over five and a half goals here. I. I, I feel like I've watched so many of these, and I pulled up the numbers, and it's. It's like, you know, it's pretty. Pretty back and forth. I was gonna say, under. Tim, if you're gonna take an, a day off, we you better be showing up here with that data on these uh, over. <laughs> well, it, it it doesn't. It's all there's too many factors, like you said. With like sometimes the ice is mush, sometimes um, the sun is shining in the goalie's eyes. So there's too many um, extraneous variables here. But I'm just gonna go over because I want to have something on it, and I could see um, I could see some power play goals uh, from Vegas and. You know, yeah, it's a it's a really strong handicap out of me here. But hey, hey playing an outdoor game, I want to watch it and have something. I'm going to go over. I, I think to look at it like from another point of view too, five and a half, unless you're going to significantly move the needle for uh, the fact that it is an outdoor game and spot is pretty damn low for a Vegas game, the way their games have been going right now. Like, right. They've been a pure over team for like three weeks. And, and, and look at the potential goaltending matchup. We could yes. <laughs> I yeah, love, this is a great thing exactly. about the Winter Classic. Like for years, it was just Ty Conklin was playing in these games, and now like it's always. I feel like we always get these weird kind of third string goalies popping up. Uh, and this year it'll be could be Joey Decord and and Yuri Patera. Vegas might call him. Well, what's Conklin doing? Yeah, Conklin's still around. He's he's he's. I'm sure he's kicking it up. E-bug uh, him at least, right? Yeah, like, got it. That would be great. Just e-bug him. God, uh, the sport had a sense of humor. Uh, all right. Well. That'll do it. Uh, those are our thoughts on the Winter Classic. Uh, be sure to check actionnetwork.com and the app as we get closer to the game, um, which is on Monday, uh, New Year's Day at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, for Tim and, and Nick, I'm Michael. Happy New Year. Uh, we hope you had a, a great holiday period. Hopefully uh, we wouldn't use some money over these next few days um, that you can use to fatten your wallet back up after buying everyone gifts. Um, but until we meet again in 2024, uh, thank you for listening and see you then. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.